Welcome back to the talk show, the first non-football season edition of the talk show. So this is the first time I'm doing this podcast without a football season going on. And guess what I talked about? I talked about football. I actually talked about a whole bunch of things. I was in a ranty mood today, so I talked NBA and some of my hate towards the NBA. Um, I talked about MLB and some of the things I think they're doing wrong. I talked about the Rangers a little bit and what I thought they did wrong. Anyway, a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of football, getting you set for what could be a crazy quarterback carousel offseason, a whole bunch of other stuff, storylines in the NBA, storylines coming up in the upcoming baseball season, all that coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. Yeah, basketball season is in full swing. You got to gear up with your favorite NBA gear. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm going to go buy myself an Emmanuel Quickly jersey because he is the new savior. Where am I going to do that? I'm going to go to the NBA Store. How do I do it? I go to podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot co slash NBA. Go there now. Get up to 75% off select items from the NBA Store. What are you waiting for? Do it now. The Super Bowl is over football season has come and gone. I started this podcast in the middle of football season and it kind of carried me. If you think about it, every Monday you got all the games to talk about. Every Thursday you could preview all the games. And while I threw in other topics and I thought I did well with that, football really carries you with this podcast. And when the Super Bowl ended, it was an interesting feeling for me. Like, okay, now what do I talk about? And I wanted to come on here and talk about that process. And the show's still going to be great. I have a lot planned. I'm working a lot on it. And I think it's going to be an excellent show, but just wanted to speak that out to the crowd. I like that I can do that. I like that the show is transparent. I think that's a huge part of the show. So the Super Bowl is over. Yeah, you think there's no football talk. There's going to be plenty of football talk still. The NFL finds ways to keep themselves in the headlines. That's what they do. And the day after the Super Bowl, you have news coming out with quarterback carousels, all different things. So there's going to be a lot going on, even in the football world. But I'm going to talk a lot of basketball. Basketball season's in full swing. I'm a huge baseball fan. I grew up a huge baseball fan. I'm going to talk a lot of baseball. So if you don't like baseball, learn to love it because it's a great sport. And I want to share that sport with people. I have talked a lot of baseball on here because I've had a lot of baseball guests. They're available in the offseason. Now it's kind of funny. Now that football's over, I might have a lot of football guests because maybe they'll become available. So it's kind of interesting how that works. When their season is not going on, that's when I get to talk about them. But NBA I love. I love hockey. I may limit the hockey talk because I really am just a huge Ranger fan and I'm my knowledge of the other teams is not as extensive as in other sports. So I might limit that as it's not an only New York based audience. But this podcast is continuing. I might not do the Monday and Thursday thing, but we're going to keep going. We're going to be pumping out at least one episode every week, maybe two. And it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. I have some really good stuff planned and I just wanted to update everyone on that. So like I said, just when you thought the NFL is done, no, they come back, they shock you, they have new stories every single day. This is what they do. The day after the Super Bowl, new stories break. That's what the NFL does. They always stay in the spotlight. They love the headline. And that's why the league is so successful, although this league is apparently less successful than it's ever been because this was the lowest rated Super Bowl as far as TV ratings since the Super Bowl three. That was the year the Jets won. That's how long ago that is. My Jets won a Super Bowl. So it's pretty incredible that the ratings have not been lower since then. I don't know what the answer is to that. You'd think a lot more people would be watching because there's more people at home, less TV, more TVs because there's less parties, so less people watching in clusters. Although, who knows if anyone's actually listening to that. I certainly did not. But the ratings were lower for some reason or another. I don't know why. 
maybe because it was a blowout and they go through, you know, the average, how many people are watching it at once during the game. I'm not sure how the ratings work, but the game was not a great game. But on paper, it should have been an excellent game. So that's kind of weird. Another thing, things are coming out now. Obviously, that's the way it works with the Super Bowl. I mean, Patrick Mahomes finally played a bad game. Tom Brady, he entered the GOAT conversation for the greatest professional athlete we've ever seen. Although people want to have that argument and I'll have that argument um, specifically with my father or whoever wants to have that argument with me. You can come on here. That's another thing I'm going to be adding to the podcast. So if you're listening now, I should get this in here early on. At the bottom of every description, every episode description, if you look on either Apple or Spotify or wherever you get the podcast, there is a link to leave a voicemail for the podcast. Now, if you leave a voicemail, I will listen to it. And if I think it's good or something I want to talk about, I'll put it into the episode. Your voice will be heard and I will then respond to it. So that's something interesting. We kind of do like an interactive podcast. Also, I have all my social media links. My last episode or two episodes ago, it didn't get enough listens. There was an episode of Jake Asman. It was excellent. Uh, probably one of my best episodes and you should go le- definitely listen to that. So I'm going to repost it on my social media. So if you follow me on Instagram at Rami.Lavi or Twitter, Rami underscore Lavi, you should go definitely check those out. They're great episodes. And that episode specifically with Jake Asman, definitely listen to it. And I have a bunch of videos up there, YouTube as well. If you go follow the talk show podcast on YouTube, there's a lot of great episodes up there. Um, so lots of good stuff. There's lots of content constantly being pumped out. I wrote a couple articles. I'm trying to put together a blog. So I've talked about that. I know for a few episodes on here and it's still not happening. So I just got to find the time to actually put it together, put together the blog. I want to do it right. I want to do it in a way that it looks good. So the articles are written. One of the articles is actually super interesting and I'm going to bring it up in a minute. But there's a lot of content being pumped out. You should definitely go listen and check all that stuff out. Now for back to football and how they're stealing the spotlight. Football is stealing the spotlight for free agency because the carousel of QBs that are available is incredible. And we talked about this. I talked about it actually with Jake Asman, who said that, no, this isn't going to turn into the NBA where the NBA, the superstars have so much power. They have so much power over the teams because they are so valuable that they could do whatever they want. They could ask for trades and go wherever they want. It doesn't matter because you have to answer them. They are the product in football. That's not the case. You have a 53 man roster. You have a full team. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about that. There's one position or two positions that it really does matter. And that's quarterback. Quarterback is the most important position. And they're becoming superstar athletes. They're becoming the faces of the league. If you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, all those guys are the face of football, especially Tom Brady. He might be the greatest athlete we've ever seen. You don't think of him necessarily as the face of athleticism or the face of football, but he is. I mean, you can't deny it anymore, right? So we see how valuable the quarterbacks are. And that also helps with my Brady argument. If you want to jump into that real quick. Yeah, an NBA star. He's one of five players on the on the court. And he dominates the game for a quarterback to win the amount that Brady has won when there's a whole defense that has to be good. There's so much more that has to go into him being a winning quarterback. And yet still for Brady, it goes well every single time. Me and my dad were on the same side of this. He's like, yeah, I agree with you. That's why he's not the GOAT. And I was like, I agree with you. And that's why he is the GOAT because it always goes his way. Obviously, he's saying he's always helped out. And so you can't give him credit for that. But if he's always every single time helped out, then maybe you start to give him credit for that. Anyway, not the point. The point is that Quarterbacks control the games, control what happens with their teams. They control the locker room. They are the leaders of teams, and they can start demanding trades, and we're seeing this now, and the quarterbacks are moving around. Listen, Tom Brady left. He left New England, right away went into a new system. Tampa Bay, he's 43 years old. First time he was out of New England, and he won a Super Bowl the first year. Quarterbacks could look at that and be like, oh, wait, maybe I could leave. 
maybe team starts looking at that. Hey, maybe we should trade our quarterback, our all-star Super Bowl caliber quarterback. We could reset the clock. Maybe Rodgers gets moved. We already saw Matthew Stafford get moved for a guy who made the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Jared Goff. So there's a lot going on with that. And even if you're not talking about the quarterbacks, the other position that I thought I said two positions, that would be left tackle. We saw it with Laramie Tunzel. They are the guy who is in spot, who is responsible for protecting the quarterback. So obviously, it's all it all comes back to the quarterback. But these are very important positions. And these guys have the power over the teams to say, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to go. Maybe not like the NBA. Maybe it doesn't shift to the NBA right away. But at least in those two positions, it can move right away. But then if you look all over, you have a corner who left Jalen Ramsey, left, got paid. He wanted out. He got traded, got paid. Leonard Fournette won the Super Bowl. Antonio Brown won the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell was in the Super Bowl, though he didn't play. And I think he ruined his career by sitting out a year. I don't think quarterbacks can sit out a year. They don't have that luxury. I don't think quarterbacks are going to come into camp completely out of shape the way James Harden did. I don't think they have that luxury. But they could definitely say, hey, we want to be more involved in the organization. If you don't want us involved, then you have to trade us. And maybe organizations won't bite the way they do in the NBA. They'll stick it to the player because they can. They have more leverage. But we could see it happening that quarterbacks become increasingly upset and wanting to move. Maybe there is more movement in the NFL. My point is, it's not just quarterbacks. Jalen Ramsey, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, all those guys, Jamal Adams, not quarterbacks, not players that make or break a Super Bowl winning team, and yet they still got moved. Well, when the asking price is so high, like a Jamal Adams trade, what they got for him, or the Jalen Ramsey trade, what the Jaguars got for him, then of course, you're going to get those players moved. Other players can see that. Listen, you saw what Matthew Stafford got traded for. Two first-round picks? That's huge. Yeah, of course you do that. But if teams are setting the bar that high for value of these players, the players also see that, and they were like, oh, wow, we're really worth this. Now we could demand trades. Now we could demand this, demand that. Maybe it does turn into a little bit of an NBA situation. Let's talk about the quarterbacks this offseason, because there are a lot of quarterbacks, and it's a very interesting scenario. So here's, here's what we have. There are a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks. There are a bunch of teams that have quarterbacks, and there's a bunch of quarterbacks that you would consider to be available. Right away, we saw Matthew Stafford. That, was, that trade happened immediately. Even before the Super Bowl, that trade was already done. The Matthew Stafford trade, I think, is interesting. I'm starting to hear stories from the Lions side that they're actually kind of interested in him. They want to see what could happen with Jared Goff. So that's cool. I hope that's the case because, I, like I said, I think Jared Goff has some talent. But for Matthew Stafford, I think they've become a significant, legitimate Super Bowl contender. Now, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, but Aaron Donald might be the best player in the league, right? I always talk about that. And there was a funny conversation that I kind of had with J.J. Watt on Twitter. So J.J. Watt wrote on Twitter that, hey, this guy won't say it. my brother, TJ, here are all his stats. They're all slightly better than Aaron Donald's stats. He's like, he should have been the real defensive player of the year. I'm like, hey, here's the thing, JJ. I love you. I think I respect you. That's super cool. Here's the thing. Your brother put up those stats as an outside linebacker, a defensive end. His job is to get to the quarterback and stop running backs in the backfield. That's what he did. That's what he did. Great. Good for him. He's an excellent player. Aaron Donald is usually being blocked by two to three guys. And his job is to make everyone else's job easier. Give his other linemen one-on-ones, give outside linebackers an easier shot to the quarterback, create easier blitz packages, let the defense drop into coverage more. And yet he still put up all those numbers, despite the fact that that's not what he's there to do. 
he controls a game like nobody else. So that was just an interesting thing. I was like, okay, yeah, your brother's great. TJ is excellent, but it's not, it's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the league. So if you look at that, that defense is insane. Their offense looks like it could really come together. I think Matthew Stafford will have success there, although a lot of people don't. I don't know. I think Matthew Stafford, the Jets made a call about Matthew Stafford, and that's interesting. The Jets don't seem like a win-now team, but that just shows you the value of Matthew Stafford. If you think that he could come in and completely turn your team around, I mean, again, the Jets are perceived as a totally different franchise now with Joe Douglas in there, who people around the league respect, and Robert Sala, who people around the league respect. I get that. I get that the Jets seem like a different destination. They have so much cap space. They have a lot of first-round picks, a lot of picks, I should say, in general. So there's definitely some thoughts around the league that the Jets will be much improved next season. I don't know. Is it from two wins to six wins? I mean, that would be much improved. That's three times the amount of wins, and it's still only six wins. So who knows? But if you're calling about a guy like Matthew Stafford, who, what, are you going to get two, three really good years out of him, maybe? Then that means you think your window is now. So listen, the windows in the NFL to win are very small. Maybe you think it's now. Maybe they would have gone all in. A couple of free agents, a couple of other trades. Who knows? But speaking of the Jets, Sam Darnold is available, right? Sam Darnold has to be available because you don't know if you have to give him that twenty that twenty five million dollar fifth year option. That's huge. Twenty five million dollars guaranteed to a guy who hasn't really showed you anything yet. Three years into the league, we don't know what he is. And I think I think he's great. I love Sam Darnold. I think he's really good. But unfortunately, we don't know what he is, and it's tough. A guy who we do know what he is and is incredible is Deshaun Watson. Now, Jake Asman, he knows certain things close to the story, and it's part of the reason why I think you guys should go back and listen to that episode. He spoke to sources, and they said, and he thinks that he's really going to get moved. Now, right now, the Texans are playing hardball. They're going to be like, no, we're not trading him. We're not trading him. But at the end of the day, how much do they have a say? If Watson, he might sit out. Who knows what he's going to do? Again, there's leverage there. But how much leverage? We've never really seen this in the NFL. This is the NBA type story, especially with a superstar quarterback. So we'll see what happens there. But this is one of the best five quarterbacks in the league. Who knows if he gets moved? There's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of people talked about he was injured this year. But even after the Super Bowl, Shanahan and the 49ers were like, "Mm, is he really the guy? And they led in that Super Bowl. They very could have very easily won that Super Bowl. What was the third and 15 that Mahomes pedaling backwards? just heaving it up to Tyreek Hill. That play doesn't happen. And we're not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo this way because he's a Super Bowl champion. But who knows? Tua Tagovailoa, I don't think he got enough time. Another guy who people are talking about, maybe he'll be moved. Matt Ryan, another guy. He's similar to Matthew Stafford. If you wanted Matthew Stafford, you're probably in the Matt Ryan boat. Now, the Atlanta ownership has come out and said they're not looking to move Matt Ryan. They like Matt Ryan. I get that. But you could like Matt Ryan and still kind of try and get what's best for him. Listen, with Matthew Stafford, the Lions tried to do right by him. They sent him to Sean McVay, who he already has a relationship. They sent him to LA, where he's from. So they were really doing right by Matthew Stafford, even though they did get a haul for Matthew Stafford. So Matt Ryan, maybe a situation like that happens. Maybe something like that comes up. A team does want Matt Ryan. Another guy is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, we heard rumors about him going maybe to Chicago. Maybe he goes to New England. Maybe to Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Listen, there's a lot of quarterbacks available. So I don't know if anyone's going to be jumping to get a guy like Carson Wentz or a guy like Mitch Trubisky or Kirk Cousins. But those three guys, especially Wentz, you think they're available, right? To an extent. I mean, he's lost all trust in Philadelphia. Wentz has, right? So why would he stay there? Why would you keep him around? Although, new head coach, who knows? Then you got to look at the draft. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, 
Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, five guys. Mac Jones would be a typical New England quarterback. He'd be the perfect replacement, I guess, for Tom Brady, although it's a year removed. So that is something to watch. Trevor Lawrence, obviously going one overall to Jacksonville, although there was an injury concern. (laughs) Maybe he'll fall. He won't. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. The stories coming out today are that the Jets and the experts are saying they should be taking Zach Wilson. Trade Sam Darnold, try and get a first for him, maybe an early second, and draft Zach Wilson. He has the most potential if you watched Patrick Mahomes and how much respect Patrick Mahomes gained from the Super Bowl. When was the last time you saw a quarterback put up zero touchdowns in a game? Forget about a Super Bowl. He put up zero touchdowns in a game. He got so much respect the way Patrick Mahomes did. I mean, some of those plays were insane. The way he's running around the field, just flipping the ball, and they're going right into the people's hands. They were showing side-by-side clips of Zach Wilson doing similar things in college. Another guy who has so much respect for losing a game was the Redskins' Tyler Heineke. And he got a contract out of it. I don't think he'll start for the Redskins or the Washington professional football team, but he did get a contract out of it, and that's huge. These guys who, you know, who knows? He started one playoff game, wasn't supposed to win it, didn't win it, but he put on a show, he showed heart, and he got a contract out of it. If you look at the teams that are probably looking for a quarterback, Denver, I never liked their quarterback situation. New England, obviously looking for a quarterback. Maybe Dallas is looking for a quarterback. Who knows what they think right now of Dak Prescott coming off an injury? Do you franchise tag him again? Franchise tagging is 30-something million dollars. It's not just getting him for nothing. Indianapolis looks like a win-now team. And obviously, Phillip Rivers was very limited. Another guy who was very limited was Drew Brees. And New Orleans looks like a win-now team. Those are two very good teams that are ready to win right now. And they're a quarterback away. Is New Orleans going to trust either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? I don't know if they trust either of those guys to be the future of the franchise right now. In Indianapolis, Frank Reich, maybe Jacoby Brissett. We tried that, you know, right after Andrew Luck said he wasn't playing. Maybe Andrew Luck comes back. I heard some rumblings about that. And now another guy who might be available, another team that might need a quarterback if this guy is available is Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago, the week they got eliminated from the playoffs. I didn't release it, but I wrote it. (laughs) That Russell Wilson could be looking to be traded and the team could be looking to move him. The Russell Wilson situation is very intriguing. When the Seahawks fired their offensive coordinator, Russell Wilson wrote a whole long thing about how appreciative he is of him and all that on social media. And then you're like, okay, that's super interesting. That doesn't sound like a guy who wanted this guy to leave. And he's coming out very publicly and saying, hey, I like this guy. Now, old school NFL would say, well, not your decision. You're just the quarterback, right? But then I talked about this trend, this NBA-like trend. Maybe it is part of your decision. Maybe you do have a say in this. And for Russell Wilson, there's a bunch of things I want to outline here. First of all, if he gets traded after this season, so maybe they hold on to him for one more year, they actually gain space on the cap the Seahawks do. They save on the cap. Whereas this year, they'd have to take a big cap hit to trade him. But next year, they'd save, I think, around $10 million on the cap by trading Russell Wilson. So maybe a a trade does happen. Now, also interesting, you're going to make a choice at some point between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Now, I think people respect Pete Carroll as a great coach in this league. But I don't think Pete Carroll has made some great coaching decisions the last few years. But at the same time, Russell Wilson this year, you can look to him as the reason why they were not good enough. Yeah, I get it. They brought in all these defensive pieces and during the regular season, their defense was not good. 
But there were a lot of games this year, the game against Arizona, a couple other games, and I can read what I wrote down. Where Russell Wilson was just not good enough. Not good enough to win games. That's the star quarterback that you're play, that you're paying to win these games. He didn't win that playoff game. He had every opportunity to win that playoff game, and he didn't. Yes, was he being chased all game? Maybe. The offensive line wasn't great, and that's what he complained about this week. He came out on the Dan Patrick show, and he was like, hey, I want to be protected. I'm trying to win. He spoke out finally against the Seahawks, and I think if you look at the trajectory of the career of Russell Wilson, it starts with second year, he wins the Super Bowl. Third year, loses to Brady, hasn't been back since. I talked about this because we saw with Patrick Mahomes, second year, wins the Super Bowl. Third year, loses to Brady. Will he be back? And everyone thinks Patrick Mahomes will. Oh, of course he'll be back. Well, everyone thought the same thing about Russell Wilson. Well, this is the beginning of a dynasty. Of course Russell Wilson will be back in the Super Bowl. He hasn't been back since. So what is the problem here? Is the problem Pete Carroll? Is the problem the players they're bringing in, the personnel, the offensive line? Or is it also partially Russell Wilson? If Seattle wants to reset, their team is just not very good right now. They lost so many draft picks in trading for a guy like Jamal Adams. Maybe you recoup some of that by trading Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson's a really good quarterback. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's undeniable. But I think it makes sense for the Seahawks to trade him. I think even with Russell Wilson, you're not that good. Then why not trade him? Like I said, you're trying to win. But if your window's not now, then why keep this guy when you could build for the future? He's not going to be here anymore by the time this team is good, maybe. Now, there is always that thought, well, you're, you have Russell Wilson. When you have that guy, when you have one of the five, six, seven quarterbacks in the league that are really guys who move the needle, who are real incredible quarterbacks in this league, then you hold on to them for, for everything you can and try and build around them. And that's what you know Houston's trying to say that they're doing with Sean Watson. We're going to hold on to him because, hey, like that, it can flip, right? But who knows? It's been a bunch of years. The goal is not to make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round every year. Everyone knows that. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. And that's not happening right now. And I don't think the Seattle team's good enough at all. I don't think DK Metcalf is a true number one receiver. He has a lot of drops. He can turn into one, but he drops so many passes. Everyone loves to talk about how big and tall and strong he is. He wears a little pacifier, and he chased down Buda Baker on a pick to save a pick six. By the way, Russell Wilson doesn't throw a pick there. They're in the red zone. They win that game. That game ends up going to overtime, and Russell Wilson threw another pick. And they lost that game. Definitely an interesting thing to look at with the Seattle situation, and I think there's a situation. People probably wouldn't have thought that a couple weeks ago. When I wrote this article, people probably would have called me crazy. But I do think there's something to be said. And by the way, I said the Deshaun Watson stuff before it happened. I looked at the Texans situation, and I was like, why wouldn't Deshaun Watson want out? That doesn't mean that the Texans are going to trade him. Here, I'm saying the opposite. I don't know that Russell Wilson would necessarily want out. Although he's taking some of the blame for these losses when I think the coaching has not been good enough and the personnel around him has not been good enough. And they've had a bunch of years to get it right. It wasn't like they were drafting in the bottom half of the draft every year. They did have some seasons where they lost a bunch of games and could have moved up in the draft, could have tried to improve this team, and they haven't. And I think the Seahawks might also want to trade him because if they're not going to win with Russell Wilson in the next two, three years, and they this team looks very far from a championship right now, then I think you might as well trade him and get as much future capital as you can. I said I would talk baseball, and here it is. I'm very excited about the baseball season. When football ends, all the baseball nerds get up and they're like, hey, it's baseball time. Now, pitchers and catchers, which is when they report, starts in seven days. That's a week. 
And that's not very exciting. Pitchers and catchers, just there's just plenty of videos of them like doing jumping jacks and throwing baseballs around, whatever. It's not very fun. But for big baseball nerds and baseball fans like myself, it's huge. People look at that and they're like, oh my God, we're close to the baseball season. And then you wait another month and a half and the season actually starts. And then you wait another three months and the season actually gets going. So yeah, we're far from the middle of the summer baseball. But let me just talk about baseball for a second. Baseball is a sport that I think myself and a lot of people can relate to this. You grow up with. That's a sport that is the first sport maybe that you truly love. And it was the first sport that I loved going to games in the summer. I used to go with my grandfather, with my father, just every summer we went to a bunch of baseball games, actually in Baltimore and Camden Yards. We went to nationals games, some Yankee games, obviously I was born in the midst of a Yankee dynasty and my father was a big Yankee fan. So I'm obviously a Yankee fan. I got to see a bunch of cool things. Derek Jeter, obviously a lot of guys you could look up to if you were growing up as a Yankee fan when I grew up. Now, I love baseball just going. I used to go to games even alone. I used to go with friends all the time. I love baseball. There's something about going to a game in the summer. And yes, last season felt weird with no fans in the stands. The season just never felt normal. It felt so distant from reality, so distant from where we were, where sometimes you feel like you're a part of the baseball season when you're going through it with your team. So it didn't feel like that last year. I hope this season will be a little bit different. Maybe there'll be more fans. Maybe by the end of it, there will be actual full stadiums. I think baseball missed it the most of any sport. Although hockey misses it a lot. So I don't know. Baseball does miss it a lot. But growing up, that was the first game I learned how to play. My father started a baseball league where we lived. And so I grew up playing baseball every Friday. That's when the league was. And it was just for me, it was something that that was my introduction to sports. I learned all sports through baseball. I know baseball better than anyone. I know baseball better than any sport. I know it better than any other sport. I'm more familiar with it. There's so much history. There's so much to baseball. It's all about you know, the past and the future, and there's so much that goes into every little detail of a game. I think that there's kind of like a sign language with baseball. It's something that not everyone can understand. The pitchers and the catchers and the little cat and mouse game between the pitcher and the hitter, all those stuff I think are special to baseball and people don't appreciate, and I understand why they don't because it's not so much fun. There's no excitement. There's no superstar like the NBA. There's no action like football. And I get it. So I think baseball needs to do a better job of monetizing their league and of catering themselves to fans. And I think they are so tone deaf to the fans and it's terrible. One guy who is and one guy who's trying to make the game fun, trying to make the game interesting for everyone is Trevor Bauer. And I've spoken very negatively about Trevor Bauer on this podcast because I don't like his little antics. Now, he came out, he did this whole thing, trolling Mets fans, posting all these things with him, Mets gear and him with Mets signed baseball caps and pictures of him on the Mets and stuff like that. He posted that on his own website because rumors were that he was signing with the Mets. He was a free agent now. And then an hour later, he signs with the LA Dodgers and he comes out with a whole long apology. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Here's what happened. And an explanation. It was about like 15 tweets long explaining himself. Guess what? Apology rejected from all Mets fans. I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Yankee fan. I hate the Mets. I don't care about the Mets actually because they're not relevant. But if I'm a Mets fan, Apology rejected. If you're the entire sport, apology rejected. Yeah, I get it. You're trying to make it fun. You're trying to make the sport more interesting. You're trying to get views. You're trying to get eyeballs. He doesn't care about eyeballs on the sport. He doesn't care about making the sport dramatic. He cares about eyeballs on himself. He cares about his own brand. Yeah, what he could be doing to help the sport is incredible. A guy like Fernando Tatis, though, who makes the game fun, hitting a grand slam and then, you know, getting hate for it, that is fun. I don't mind that. Bat flips, all that stuff. And the league should back off these guys. They should totally revamp the Hall of Fame system. All these old farts. 
not voting for someone because his political views or because he took steroids. They made the game what it was. If you didn't have the steroid era, baseball would be even more dead than it already is. So it's ridiculous that these guys are the ones who control the sport. And then you come out with tone-deaf Rob Manfred, who doesn't do anything to the Astros, but hey, we're going to have seven-inning doubleheaders. No one wants that. The league just shoots itself in the foot constantly. They need to take some notes from the NBA, some notes from the NFL, try and make it interesting. And anytime they try and make it interesting, they just end up shooting themselves in the foot. And I like a guy like Jeff Passan. He told an incredible story on the Short Porch podcast with, on Barstool about this guy, Drew Robinson, who was depressed, shot himself, actually survived. And that was a crazy growth story. You could listen to that. But it's guys like him. He is one of those guys who gets so upset when baseball is breaking the unwritten rules. Shut up. It's supposed to be fun. It's a sport. And I think baseball is ruining itself for their fans. They're losing fans. They're losing the young, they're losing the younger generations because of things that they keep doing. And it's upsetting to watch as someone who's such a huge baseball fan. And I'm going to try my best to try and turn people who listen to this podcast onto baseball, but it's hard, man. It's tough. I got to admit, it's pretty tough. Something just came up while I was recording this, so I'm going to take a quick break from whatever the hell I was talking about. Andrew Cuomo just announced that starting February 23rd, there will be limited capacity with very strict rules, but fans allowed in New York at venues. That includes indoor venues such as Madison Square Garden, where my Knicks and Rangers play. That is exciting for me. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get to a game. Probably won't, but that's extremely exciting. Maybe I'll get to a hockey game at some point this year. Can you imagine? I never thought that would happen. Uh, I'm very excited right now, so I just want to interrupt whatever I was talking about. I was talking about baseball. I was talking about how upset I am with baseball. Well, if there are fans in the stands, maybe I'd be a little bit more excited. Another thing with the Yankees, though, I I wanted to talk about this with the Yankees because I remember I was talking about baseball and I was talking about how upset I am with the league. The Yankees didn't do much in the offseason this year. and No team has because teams are cutting back. Baseball lost more money than any other sport this past year. I understand that. However, the Yankees need to shake it up. I didn't care that, you know, they didn't get a pitcher or any of that. The pitching wasn't the problem last year. They lost the final game of the year 2-1 to one to the Tampa Bay Rays, right? That's how they got eliminated from the playoffs. There's a team that went 33-27 and 27 in the lineup, just wasn't good enough. There were holes in this team. Defense was bad. Bullpen, not good. Although a lot of big names, they weren't good. This was a team that had so many holes, and it just I just wanted a shakeup of the mindset. Whether it was firing the manager, even though I like Aaron Boone, just something needed to change, and it didn't change at all. Why would this team better be better this year? A 33-win team in last year's season, 60-game season, is the equivalent of an 89-win team in the regular season of 162 games, which we're going to have this year. 89 wins is not a very good team. Now, the Yankees with 91 wins went all the way to the ALCS, almost made it to the World Series back in 2017, but I don't think this team has that kind of fire. This year for baseball, I have never been less excited for a baseball season. This year will only bring disappointment if you're a Yankee fan. If they win, it'll be like, okay, finally they did it. We expected this. And if they lose, it'll just be so disappointing again that they lost again. And unless they make the World Series, the team is the season is com- as a complete failure. And that'll be extremely upsetting. And if you're not a Yankee fan, you're an Oriole fan or any other team, and you're listening to this, oh, boo-hoo, you're not going to make the World Series. Yeah, this team is that good that we should make the World Series. I'm sorry. That's the standard we set for our teams because the team has been that good and the team is paying, being paid $210 million. You have so many superstars on this team. Look at the lineup. Look at the starting rotation. You have all these guys. Yeah, you should win that amount of games. You should go to the World Series. 
And the fact that they haven't done it since 2017, they had all those years to do it, 17, 18, 19, 20, and then didn't do it is upsetting. And something serious, listen, the only way something interesting happens with this team this year and it becomes fun is if they get some kind of swagger. This team wasn't fun last year. This team wasn't necessarily fun in 2019 either. They need some type of thing, you know, whether they had it with Todd Frazier or any other type of thing like that, where you just have a guy who makes it fun, Didi Gregorius. Those guys made it fun. This team is so stiff. Nothing's fun. You expect them to win. When they don't win, it's just upsetting. I don't know. I'm not very excited for the baseball season this year. Maybe that'll change once the baseball season rolls around. But you know what is fun? You know what has been some fun so far? The New York Knicks. The New York Knicks lost two games in a row the last two nights, to, or the last two games they played, I should say, to the Miami Heat. Now, the Miami Heat are a team that went to the finals last year, and when they're healthy, they can be a really good team. They haven't been healthy this year. They've been in COVID situation. Shocking. I know. A team in Miami not being able to play games because of COVID. Anyway, it's been an upsetting situation, upsetting season so far for the Miami Heat, but the Miami Heat are a really good team at times, and last night they were full. They were at full strength. They had Adebayo. They had Jimmy Butler. The team was at full strength, other than Gordon Dragic, who actually didn't play. So I guess they weren't at full strength, but still, the team was pretty close to full strength last night, and yet they beat the Knicks by two points on a Tyler Hero late three dagger, two nights in a row that Tyler Hero crushed the Knicks, and it was a crushing loss for the Knicks. And I'm so excited about it. Why am I excited about that? Because when was the last time the Knicks had a crushing loss? When was the last time the Knicks had back-to-back losses and we were legitimately upset about it as Knicks fans? We were like, man, we should have had those games. Oh, if only we would have had those games, we'd be 500 now. We're looking at the standings. We're looking at where we'd be falling out in the playoff picture. When was the last time that happened for Knicks fans? Last time we could go back to 2014, maybe. That we actually saw the team lost the game and we were upset about it. And it wasn't just expected. For the first time in seven years when they lost a game, back-to-back games, the team was legitimately upset. And this team is fun. This team makes you want to root for them. Yeah, they're not going to win a championship this year. Nobody wins a championship in the NBA. Every season in the NBA, there's about four teams, sometimes as little as two or one team, that is a legitimate championship contender. This year, you could look at the Nets, you could look at the Lakers, and then maybe you throw in the Sixers and Clippers. But they're really a second tier. Either the Nets or the Lakers are going to win the championship this year. If another team wins, it'll just be something fluky and weird that happened. But that really happens in the NBA. There's two to three, four teams that have a legitimate chance of winning the championship at this point in the season. In every NBA season. This is one of the problems with the NBA that at the beginning of the year, you basically know who's going to win the season, who's going to win the championship, right? Still fun. They still get more viewers than baseball. They still monetize the league better. So they're obviously doing something right baseball isn't doing. But The Knicks are not winning anything. We know that. But they're fun. You could actually root for them. You could actually want them to win regular season games. And they just got Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has so much swagger. He came in right off the bench. Had a a couple of great assists. An assist to Quickly. An assist to Toppin, the two rookies. He hit a couple threes. He was exciting. They have a little bit of swagger to them now. They play hard defense. They care. Tibbs is going nuts on the sideline about every call. And by the way, speaking of every call, the Knicks shot only 16 free throws last night while the Heat shot 37. And it was a very physical game both ways. Not great officiating by the NBA officials last night. Not a good look. But I get to complain about the refs. And I'm not going to complain about complaining about the refs because I'm so happy that I get to do that. When's the last time that I cared enough to complain about the refs in a basketball game that involves my team, the Knicks? Now, the other team in New York, the less popular team in New York, the Brooklyn Nets. Well, they lost again. And for some reason, when they lose, it's chaotic. And this is what we thought it would be. You saw Kyrie Irving after the game. We're just an average team, like all upset in the press conference. James Harden was fighting with DeAndre Jordan. 
we saw the footage of Kevin Durant being told that he needs to quarantine because he was exposed to someone with COVID and they weren't wearing masks and he has to get off the court and he's flailing his arms. Listen, this team is talented enough that they probably will go to the finals. But this is what we talked about all year with this team. This team has so many head cases. This is going to be crazy to see how this plays itself out. I don't know what's going to happen with this team, but it's just so interesting to see how this might play itself out. Can they overcome all of this? I think so. I think talent trumps all, but I don't know if they'll win a championship like this. What happens if this happens in a finals game? These guys are the least disciplined guys in the league, and they all play on one team. Are they so talented? Yes, they're extremely talented, but I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. They have a rookie head coach. They have a guy who has been kind of bullied by James Harden and Mike D'Antoni for the last bunch of years because he's gotten his way. It's so funny. Mark Cuban came out and said they're not going to play the national anthem. I don't really care. I don't have. I don't really care about the political stance. But there's a blatant rule in the NBA rule book that they have to play the anthem and stand for the anthem. And no one enforces it. No one cares because there's zero accountability in this league. So when a player comes out and says he wants to get traded, why do you think he wants to get traded? Why, do you, why are you upset at him that he's going to strip clubs and not listening to COVID protocols and coming in out of shape? They have no accountability. They don't see any accountability from anyone. Who are they supposed to look up at and say, oh, wow, this team shows accountability. This team shows that they have something, a higher power that they answer to. There's none of that in basketball, in the NBA right now. So why would the players do it? Why can you expect more of the players? You shouldn't. One guy who has been really fun this year, and again, the NBA season has been fun. So I'm not complaining about the NBA season. They always make it fun, but all these subplots just bother me. One subplot that has not bothered me at all, and I said this from the beginning, I said that he might be an MVP candidate is Stephen Curry, and he continues to prove the haters wrong. Haters, where are you at? Steph Curry haters? Where are my Steph Curry haters? This guy has been incredible. The team hasn't won every single game, but he's putting on a show every night. Every time the Warriors are on, they're must-see TV. He's the only guy on the team. Now, I know a couple other guys are playing well, Oubre and Ken Bazemore, and obviously Draymond Green, they're all playing well. I love that. Andrew Wiggins is playing well. And... Their first round pick, Wiseman, he's out right now, but when he comes back, he'll be good. He was good when he got hurt. So they're a really fun team to watch, and it's because of Steph Curry. So where are those Steph Curry haters? I don't know. Nowhere to be found. I want to talk about my Rangers for one minute. Um, I don't know if you're a hockey fan. They're playing again tonight. There was a game against the Islanders. They played the other night. It's a really tough division. Every game, it's like, oh my God, we have to play this team now? Yeah, it's a tough division. Every game is going to be like that. The Rangers are actually playing really well to beat the Washington Capitals, and then they lost to the Islanders in a game that after one period, I kind of looked around. And I was like, uh, okay, you know what? The Rangers could play another maybe three days straight and they won't score a goal in this game. It just felt like that kind of game. It was physical hustle. Whatever goal was going to win that game was going to be a fluky goal in the end. The Rangers made a bad turnover, kind of recovered from it, but it was that fluky goal that we talked about that ended up costing them the game. Something interesting though, the Rangers defensive pairings, their top line, Adam Fox and Keontre Miller has been excellent this year. And they've been excellent last year also. They're rookies last year. They've become their top defensive pairing. The second pairing is Keandre Miller, a rookie this year, and Jacob Truba. Now, Jacob Truba was a guy they traded for before last season. They also signed Artemi Panarin, their best player, before last season. Now, Artemi Panarin, I didn't really understand why they were signing him. The Rangers were supposed to be in a rebuild, and yet they signed this guy who was the top free agent available, and they signed him to a seven-year contract. Now, then I thought about it after I saw him play, and I was like, okay, this guy is going to be the cornerstone of this franchise when we do turn it around. So that makes sense. But would you trade for a guy who's a couple years older, not that much older, in Jacob Trouba? When you had Neil Pionk, the guy who you traded for him was a defenseman who was younger and you could let him develop. He was already becoming one of the best defensemen on the team. Now, 
obviously Jacob Truba has not looked great as a Ranger. He's been good, but he's not been great. And that kind of makes you think about that a little bit more. But for the Rangers, I'm not sure why they made that trade. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. If they had Neil Pionk on the line now with Keandre Miller, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> that would be really fun to watch. But that's just a little bit of Rangers talk. They play again tonight. So hopefully they can beat Boston. Boston's incredible. 8-1-2. and two, So Boston's off to a really good start this season. But we said the same thing about the Capitals. And then the Rangers went in and beat the Capitals. So we'll see what can happen. Good luck to the Rangers tonight. The Knicks, again, I always look forward to their games now. It's crazy. Baseball season coming up. The football offseason. One guy I didn't really even have a chance to talk about was Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be crazy. Leave a voicemail. Think all your thoughts about any of the stuff that I talked about. I did kind of say some controversial things maybe today. So send your voicemails and I'll get to them. I'll answer them. Um, If you're going to send something stupid, I'm probably just not going to put it in. So try and keep them somewhat interesting. Um, And as far as that, yeah, that's it. Go follow me on social. Look out for new videos. I might be posting a full video of the Jake Asman podcast because I thought it was really good. So I might turn that into a really long you know, 40 minute video on YouTube. So look out for that until next time. See ya.
million miles away or just a mile to road. Take it in, take it with you when you go. We said you can't go.